Join us as we take you into the eyes of two crime scene investigators. Stories that are so heinous, unpredictable, violent, unique, foul, brutal, and sexual. Get ready because you're about to listen to The Voices Out of Darkness. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. For us, it's morning. That's right. So what are we going to do today? So I did want to start off again with uh, uh, your week highlight, just because I want that trend of starting off on a high note and then let people down softly with the stories. (laughs) All right. Um, I would say... My week's highlight. Let's see. Oh, so um, similar to yours, I had someone on Instagram reach out to me who I've been talking with for about a year. Uh, He was actually able to land a job in forensics as a fingerprint examiner. Oh, very cool. So I'm really stoked about that because like you said, it's always nice to hear when people are successful and it does take a while, I think, to get into any aspect of forensics, whether it's schooling or just the competitive job market. Um, it definitely takes perseverance, but yeah, I, I was cool. really, I was so stoked for him. So no, that's really cool. And that's cool to hear that, that he, uh, he made it. So yeah, right yeah. on. We love hearing stories like that. Um, you just got back from vacation. I did. Is that yes. your week highlight or uh, that, do you have something more exciting? That, that was a highlight, but actually more exciting than that was, um, one of our officers at work approached me after hearing our first episode uh, when I was talking about Nadia. Okay. And as his as he and his partner were uh, having lunch at a restaurant, uh, when he went up to pay, the cashier said, well, it, your food has already been paid for by that gentleman over there. And, the, and when he went to say thank you to the gentleman – the uh, gentleman said, hey, I really respect the officers of our department, da-da-da. And um, so sweet when people do that. Oh, it's really it's cool. such a sweet gift. And he said, uh, your agency actually solved my sister's murder, and her name was Nadia. So fast forward, what is oh. it, 30-something years, it was kind of cool that Nadia's spirit still lives on, yeah. even to the newer officers that are on our department. So it was kind of cool. Oh, that gives me chills. Yeah. So when he told me the story, it really, uh, it really, I was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, Perfect I was really usage of the word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was really, I was really uh, taken back by it, and I actually followed up with him later that night and wanted to hear the story again because it was touching and it, uh, it brought back a lot of memories and emotions and it was just really cool so hearing that yeah really has been on my mind the last uh, couple of weeks so it's pretty cool yeah i can't imagine the flood of uh emotions to reemerge in such a heavy case all this time later oh wow and they're still in the city yeah there's and that's that's Gosh. what i was surprised about because you know you think wow you know what uh something so tragic happens I don't know about you, but I'd probably move out of that city, oh, try yeah. to forget it all. And mm-hmm. it was his sibling and and she, uh, yeah, it was just, it was pretty powerful. So it was cool to see that that officer heard the story um, after, you know, mm-hmm. he experienced this. So it was kind of like for him, yeah. I don't know how he felt, but it was like a double whammy. But yeah, for me, yeah. it was like, whoa, 
that uh, that was cool. So. Gosh, thirty years later, thirty something years later, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So that's my highlight. It's so. <laughs> a good week highlight. Yeah. Which now we transition into what? What are we talking decomp. about? Decomp. Oh, decomp. Decomp. Yes. So, yeah, obviously I'm shortening the word short for decomposition. And I kind of wanted to make this a series because although we're talking about some of our worst cases, I f- to me, the term, this was used last night while we were having dinner as a team, uh, an assault on my nostrils. <laughs> That's definitely what every decomp case (laughs) is to me. So I have a lot of worst. Um, So I just thought it'd be fun to make this a series and this will be part one. And I have one that sticks out in my head and uh, I'm going to get real descriptive. It's just, (laughs) I don't, I don't think it'll make you uncomfortable. Nothing really makes you uncomfortable, but um, Our listeners love to uh, hear this stuff, the details. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I just go first? Go for it, yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Um, I do want to put a little disclaimer on this. Uh, Mike and I are not making fun of the dead when we talk about these cases. I'm not poking fun because I'm an immature little brat. I'm, <laughs> I literally do believe that their soul has left their body and now this is the shell that's left over and what happens naturally is pretty disgusting. And uh, the people that have to deal with your body, your shell after you've left is, uh, I, I think it's noble what coroners do. Absolutely. Um, we, as law enforcement sworn and non-sworn or professional staff, whatever your agency calls you, uh, we don't necessarily touch the body. In America, we're not allowed to touch the body. That's it's right. the property of the coroner. Uh, so we don't deal with it as in-depth as coroners do, but our nostrils do get a whiff <laughs> of it, though. So Yes, they do. Um, and we take it away with us. Y- yes, and it goes into the food we eat and to our clothes and yeah. Uh, but so one of my cases that sticks out to me was um, I was on an assist with another agency. And this was super early on uh, starting out, trying to get my feet wet, trying to get my resume zhuzhed up for lack of a better term so that I could be somewhat marketable (laughs) in the forensic search for jobs. Um, It was midsummer and the call came in from the CP, CP meaning calling party saying, I haven't seen my neighbor in a couple weeks. (laughs) Um, And I'm just worried about him. He's older. He lives alone. Whatever. So officers get there, they bridge the front door, they can already smell it. Um, This guy was actually upstairs. So as you can imagine, midsummer, heat rising, no AC left on in the house. Um, Pretty gross. It wasn't a huge two-story. So I'm assuming that's what maybe contained the stank a little bit. But yeah, God, when I initially got there and you could smell it at the doorstep, isn't that the freaking worst when you could smell it at the doorstep? Yes. yes. You're like, oh God, this is. Or you look in the window and you see all the flies Uh, and you're like, this is not going to be a good day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately, I had never smelt that before. So, you know, my gut reaction, I think as a human was, you know, um, 
Did you throw up? No, I didn't. Oh, good for I you. Didn't. Good yeah, for you. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> because sometimes you can't control that. But when you can, you're like, I'm going to pat oh, yeah. myself on the back right. for that one. Um, we get upstairs and the officers had already gone through the whole house to make sure it was code four, but they were, or to make sure it was safe. But the room that this male was in, uh, the door was a little ajar already, but it was being blocked by something. So they could only get so far in, but they poked their heads in, looked around the door, looked around the room. They're like, there he is clearly decomposed. There's no need to rush fire in, uh, you know, he's the blood has pulled. He's the flies have done their thing. So when we get in there, they start bridging the door open, bridging the door open. They get it open. He is at a computer desk. It's like a little baby room. Well, not baby room. It's just a small room that he has made into an office. Okay. So he's sitting at his computer desk. Wait, he's dead sitting in the chair? Wow. Oh, okay. Get there. So I think he was at what <laughs> one point. Um, I guess I shouldn't say he was sitting at his computer desk. He was on the ground. How do I describe this? So knees on the ground, face on the ground, shoulders on the ground, ass up. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. and then there's one hand around his penis. No. <laughs> So <laughs> what they think And it, it stayed there? Yeah. So wow. yeah, penis is not fully erect. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's retracted at this point, but his hand is still in a like a, a grip of what would have been <laughs> His hand is still in the shape of what it would have been when he was holding <laughs> His penis. That brings a whole new meaning to stiff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there was porn up on the computer. Oh, okay. So initially it kind of looks like he maybe had a heart attack while he was going at it. I gotcha. Um, Little autoerotica stuff. Yeah. I gotcha. And then just held on for dear life as that heart attack was happening and went <laughs> face forward down onto the floor. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause it looked like there was a part of the desk that may had had papers on it that okay. were disturbed. Okay. So possibly his head hit that when he was falling down. Um, but yeah, so, but his face, his cheek is on the ground. So his face is kind of looking at us when we go in. So we're looking at this guy staring at us. His eyes are a little bit, um, his eyes are missing, you know, because he's been eaten at oh, okay, a bit. Okay. Uh, ass up in the air. He's. Was he naked? He was naked. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. Obviously, I guess he had to be. Well, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but he didn't have to have a shirt. Yeah, he was full naked. He was just enjoying himself. He lived oh, wow. alone, you know. Oh. Um. So. We go in, take pictures. So go in, take pictures. It smelled so freaking bad from all the <laughs> flies, all the maggots. Um, it was a small room and it was hot. The air was not on. So one of the officers has the dingus idea. I mean, looking back, I would have been like, yeah, not a bad idea. But now, like what comes next? I was like, dear God, please no. So <laughs> opens the window it must have made the weirdest shift of pressure in this room that was just too much for the body. But 
right when that happened, the body releases gas. <laughs> this guy literally farts. And you can hear it, and I'm assuming, well, I don't know, when your ass up, your ass cheeks are not necessarily like together, but you could hear the flatulence coming out, and I was just like, oh, oh, could this get any worse? This guy has been gone for at least a week. Um, I mean, that's what the coroner had said. And he's farting. <laughs> and we were like Ugh. with his hand on his crank yes yes it was just it was foul i definitely had to take um I, I don't know how corners do it when they get to the point in their career where they're just not even wearing a mask i'm like i am so sad for you yeah. i know they don't feel sad for themselves they're just like yeah no big but i am just like oh my gosh i do not know how they do that yeah i mean either i i just, with all the airborne stuff out there now it's yeah yeah i don't but you know what it's i guess it's one of those things where we sit here and laugh about this poor bastard who <laughs> yeah. you know butt up in the air and face mm-hmm. down and farting while his yeah. head is uh, <laughs> so i guess they kind of you know block it out and do their thing so yeah yeah i definitely had to step out a few times and uh, take a fresh breath of air and it wasn't to the point where I had to like throw myself on the ground and be like oh as I'm dry heaving but god it was bad um, well and, and you know the, the, the listeners have to understand too when that does happen the release of gas does happen uh, you got to remember all the all the decomposition that's happening inside the body is now released outside mm-hmm. and the smell is horrendous atrocious yes yes oh yeah. And I can't, I don't even know where to begin describing that smell. Cause I've tried, I've tried real hard to describe it, but there's just literally no smell like it. I've even, uh, I had a couple that I was photographing, um, their engagement shoot in the desert and we're walking to our spot out in, you know, near the trees and whatever. And the, the guy of the couple was like, did you guys see that bag back there? And we were like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, there's like something really smelly in that bag. And I was like, oh, can I not run into a dead body while I'm not, you know, whatever. On a, on a wedding photo shoot. Yeah. Like, come on, universe. Uh, so we go back and we, he grabs a stick and pokes around. It was a dead dog. Someone oh, okay. just dumped okay. their dead dog. Still really foul smelling, but not as bad as a body. Okay. I don't know how to, I mean, right? You've smelled oh, a yeah. decomposing yeah. animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's a little different yeah. from a body. It's still bad, but yeah, it's a body has, I think because the body just has so many different more organs and whatnot and mm. a lot of things going on. And again, depending on what the human eats and all that stuff. True, true, true. Can have a huge effect. And if they're diabetic, you know, diabetics actually have a sweet smell to them when they decompose. No shit. Is, yeah. Really? You never smelled that? No. Yeah. When a, when you have a diabetic that because of the blood sugar level and all that stuff, it actually has kind of a, I mean, it's not a pretty smell. <laughs> it still stinks. <laughs> it smells but, better? Yeah. No. But it, it has a little tint of uh, uh, sweetness to it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. At least in my experience, that's what's happened. So I walk yeah. around, well, I wonder if this guy's a diabetic. Mm. And then, uh, I find out from the corn later. Yeah, sure enough, he was. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, like if I could put vinegar in with smelly feet uh, and BO and onions (laughs) and 
Mm. Our listeners are out there now writing this down so they can put it together <laughs> so they can see what it smells like. <laughs> uh, what else? What else to me? I mean, I eat onions, but they smell disgusting <laughs> to me. Uh, along with like rotting flesh. Yeah, rotting uh, meat. Rotting, rotting yeah, meat, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's just a smell that we could sit here and try to paint a picture for people, but at the end of the day... Uh. It, you just can't. You you, you yeah. just can't explain it. It's, I can't. Why can't I? Can't put a. I cannot pinpoint it. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things you have to experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go on so, a ride along with yeah, your local CSI. Yeah, that's right, and see what you can smell. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy story. Yeah, I thought that's that one was for a the books, man. a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> this guy went out having the time of his. Well, I don't know if it was the time of his life, but hopefully it was a pleasureful <laughs> one, you know. Uh, and then left us all a goodie to stumble upon. So, <laughs> oh, um, would I do anything to see those crime scene photos? <laughs> yeah. so. How about you? Well, uh, for me, uh, mine's not as exciting as your autoerotica. <laughs> and I do want the listeners to understand that autoerotica is not something that is uncommon. I've mm. gone to a lot of autoerotica deaths, uh, maybe not necessarily decomposed bodies, but a lot of autoerotica stuff that you go to. And when we can get into that, that could be a whole – I've got stories galore on stuff like yeah. that. And so – we can make that an episode and yeah. stuff, but yeah, uh, not uncommon, not uncommon at all. And so, yeah. uh, kind of like I said last episode, when we we're talking about just burglaries, how you get into people's lives, you get to see <laughs> what uh, what people end up doing in their personal lives. So, yeah, crazy stuff. But well, mine wasn't uh, anything exciting or sexual like that. But um, mine was uh, a call of to an apartment complex, and the next door neighbors were like, "Hey." We haven't seen our neighbor in a while, and there's some some smell coming from their apartment. You know, at least at least they called. Yes, because we've definitely heard of or had cases where people just don't care, which is (laughs) the most like California thing ever. It's like I don't know my neighbors, I don't talk to them, (laughs) and they don't even bother. And then a year later, you have skeletal remains. (laughs) Yeah, so at least these people called. Yes, and and it was nice of them to do that. But uh, so we go there, and we. can't obviously we can we go up the stairs and it's an upstairs apartment and uh, it's got a balcony off the back and so we can smell it through the door and we already Mm. know okay this is not going to be good Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so we didn't want to force the door open or anything like that so we called the fire department and the fire department came up and we could see that the slider door the glass sliding door off the balcony on the upstairs balcony was was cracked open a little bit okay and so, and it was, again, it was probably uh, late spring, early summer, so it was warm. Ugh. And so the fire department used the ladder to climb up. And of course, you know, for all you firefighters out there, know what I'm talking about. The the rookie firefighter gets to climb up there. <laughs> and so this poor little bastard, he goes up the ladder <laughs> and uh, he uh, stands at the doorway and he slides the slider open and he takes a step in and he turns around and blows chunks. He no. vomits all over the patio and i felt so bad for them but we're like hey go inside and open the door for us will you we we need to get in there hey when you're done throwing up can (laughs) you uh yeah well and you know what you know god bless him because he didn't throw up inside the apartment he threw up on the balcony which yeah so preserving the scene 
Thank you. Yeah, preserving our scene. So, you know, I got to give him credit there. So uh, anyway, he made his way through the apartment, opened up the door, and we went in. And sure enough, kind of the same description that you did. He had a lady. She was face down Mm -hmm. uh, in her living room floor. Her butt was in the air. She was on her knees. And uh, what ended up happening was um, she was an alcoholic. And so there was no foul play involved, but she would come home. She was like some secretary at some business and she didn't show up for work for two or three days, which you would think, Mm. you know, maybe your boss would call, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that's weird. Or just fire you, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) um, And so she had uh, drank herself and there was alcohol bottles all over the place and she passed out. And we found this out later doing her you know, her background, her history, that Mm. she was an alcoholic. Okay. And what she ended up doing is passing out, falling off the couch, and then it's called positional asphyxiation. So she actually went face down and she basically asphyxiated or, for lack of better terms, um, prevented the – what would you call it? I don't want to say choking because it's not choking. Prevented like air – or restricted airflow. Restricted airflow to the brain and then basically she died. And she was decomposed. She turned black. Um, her skin was falling off of her. Ooh. And again, you know, once the coroner got there and, and then again, move the body. And when you're in those kind of stages of decomposition and they move the body, mm. gases get released. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And sometimes but, they don't give you a warning. No. They, they just don't. start going at it. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, give us give us a heads up because I'm downwind here and yeah. stuff. And so, uh, but what the interesting thing is on her hand, we could see like bones and her fingers. Oh shoot! And so I looked around and I saw like a potty pad, and then uh, I saw some bowls and some water bowl or whatever. Oh, oh, and by the way, the heat was on. The heater was on for some reason. Oh god! So yeah. So was she older? She was older. Yeah, oh, she okay. was probably. Well, I say older. <laughs> She's probably my age now. So <laughs> I just age myself. But she was in her fifties. Um, oh, okay. No, I meant like eighties. Like oh no, frail. no, no. Yeah, oh, no, okay. no, no. Okay. And she was bloated, so she was bigger than what she normally was and whatnot. But mm. and what ended up happening is she had a little puppy, and we found the puppy in the apartment. It's still alive. Oh God! But it went into survival mode, and there was no food left. No, Mike. Uh, they. No. Um, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Ugh. And the coroner said that she was dead for at least three or four days. Okay. Um, and so the dog, you know, went into survival mode and started eating her oh. hand and her flesh. So, uh, yeah. And so uh, we called animal control and uh, they came to pick up the dog and stuff. So the dog is okay. Everybody knows the dog's okay. But uh, at least physically, mentally, who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was it. And oh, that was a crazy one. I wonder what that does to like cats or dogs that kind of chow at their owner, you know, because they have no food. Yeah. They're locked in an apartment. Yeah. The dog's probably being like in a sauna if yeah. the heater was <laughs> yeah. on. Um, like what that does to their yeah, digestive their, system. I don't or, know. Yeah. But yeah, it was, oh. uh, yeah it, it was weird because her hair was blonde, but her face was like black, you know, that mm-hmm. black, the skin turns black, it's bloated. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to even recognize her from her pictures and stuff. So, so nothing exciting. And, mm-hmm. uh, but again, it was just one of those, uh, decomposed bodies that oh. really just is gnarly. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like sometimes when they get so bloated, you you can't even tell what race. No. You can't even remotely kind of put 
their face next to the ID and be like, oh, unless their teeth are hanging out and they have some distinctive mark that they also smiled with and yeah. their driver's side, you know? Well, maybe your guy, maybe he was smiling. When he oh, was. no, he looked a little stressed. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. If you could like visualize that without eyes, because his eyes were kind of picked out. Well, oh, not yeah. picked out per se, yeah. but just... Slowly scooped away by Oof. little maggots. Um, and his mouth was open with like his tongue kind of hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Swollen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those are all real. Those are all real visuals that we see. We take with us. And I think we yeah. compartmentalize it pretty good and stuff. But uh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this because I get this question a lot. How do you protect yourself or how do you not smell the decomposition? What what do you do? How do you deal with that? Because there That's is right. a situation and there's, I think, I want the un- listeners to understand, when you're in that situation, what do you end up doing? I mean, that, that smell stays with you your whole shift. Yeah. I think, so I've told you this before, and I do not recommend it as a healthy way of doing this. I don't even know why I did this in the first place, but um, I think because I had a really bad decom case, I was so hungry and I had already experienced the go to the decomp and then go eat afterwards situation. (laughs) And that ruined this burger joint for me for a while uh, because, you know, your taste and smell are connected and, um, that burger tasted had remnants of decomp to it. Oh, that's tough. Uh, to me. So the next time around, I was like, how can I sting my nostrils to the point <laughs> where it's just gonna like <laughs> light them on fire? And then so I had put like a unscented hand sanitizer in my hand. Okay. And cupped it up to my face and took a deep whiff, <laughs> just real quick. Use the hand sanitizer on my hands and my arms, and then it that would do the trick. But then I was like, okay, that's probably definitely not recommended uh, and could not be healthy at all. I was probably <laughs> burning all kinds of brain cells doing that. Um, now I try, if I have time to go back to my car, um, and I carry this in my go bag, is a little satchel bag of coffee beans okay, um, that I will either try to slide into my N95 mask uh, or just keep at me when I'm done processing the scene. I'll just keep it at my mask, hold it. That normally helps neutralize the smell for me. Doesn't make it go away, but helps neutralize it for me. And I'm a big fan of coffee Stuff. I mean, I actually don't drink coffee, but um, using those coffee beans and then I also have a condensed like coffee body scrub that I use that can be run through your hair. For those of you who work crime scenes and have longer hair, uh, the scent does stay on your head. (laughs) Um, And to run over your body when you're in the shower. um, Yeah. Any sort of coffee scrub, I think, has helped me tremendously. That's interesting. How about you? Well, I've I've heard of people even putting those laundry sheets in their masks. So you know, those, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so um, that that works for me. You know what? I've I've gotten just to the point where I have my N95 on and I sound like <laughs> Darth Vader. I'm breathing <laughs> through my mouth. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we had one where I was breathing walking through, through your mouth helps. 
For me, it does. Okay. Um, now, some people say they get the taste in their mouth mm. or the smell in their mouth. But for me, I, I walk around and I sound like, you know, Darth Vader. And like, <laughs> I was at a decomp and somebody turned around and looked at me. Two officers looked at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? And they go, you sound like Darth Vader. I'm like, well, I'm over here going, <sighs> you know, because I don't want to breathe through my nose. Yeah. But um yeah, so <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you you know whatever works for you. I guess you just figure it out as you go. I know some <laughs> people say that the cigar smoke and cigarette smoke. No, I don't smoke, but um, a good cigar smell will kind of mask it. And I don't really mm-hmm. think there's a way to get rid of the smell. I think you just have to learn how to mask it and work True. through it. True. I will say that there is a uh, uh, rumor out there that if you put Vicks under your nose. That that will mask the smell, which I don't recommend <laughs> at all, because Vicks, what does Vicks do? Okay, I thought this was a joke that you play on rookies, because as we both know, Vicks opens up the airways to make it easier for you to breathe. So right. why the hell? Yes. I legit thought that was something you tell the rookie. And the rookie, you know, being the boo is like, oh, you know, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And of course, they'll go rub Vicks on themselves because right. they're just trying to be, you know, yes. to show well, that they're eager to work. <laughs> well, and that is a fun joke to play on the rookie. It definitely <laughs> is. But any kind of petroleum uh, jelly type stuff, whether it's like Vicks, or um, any of the other petroleum any sort jellies. of off-brand. Yeah, off-brands. That's going to trap that smell under your nose. Yeah. And then, like you said, it opens up you know, the sinuses <laughs> and breathe better. So it's going to shoot that smell right up your nose, and you're going to smell that all day yeah. long. So. I'm over here shaking my head. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on. I, like, let's yeah. put two and two together. Yeah. So when you see somebody uh, – and, and I'll tell you what. I don't tell anybody what to do. So when you see somebody <laughs> pull out that jar of Vicks, I just start to laugh and walk away. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> well, good stories. What else we got? Yeah. So next week, I wanted to talk a little bit about, and sorry if I'm like, I want to talk about this. I just There's so many <laughs> no. things that I'm stoked to, well, there I go again, I'm stoked. There's so <laughs> many stoked, things guys. I'm excited about to uh, share. Next week, I wanted to go into a little bit of uh, scenes that we didn't know we were safe at. And that could be be a multitude of things, you know, whether it be actual people in the scene, drugs in the scene, uh, animals in the scene, whatever. Yeah. I have a handful of those. Yes. Uh, And that's not to bash officers for not clearing the scene. Sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think those are fun stories. So I wanted to get into that next week. Definitely. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think we have a lot of stories about that kind of stuff. Yeah. For all these listeners out there, if you have anything you want to hear specifically from us, you have any questions, you want to uh, suggest anything to talk about, anything anything that you guys want to know, whether you're learning to become CSI, you're wanting to be CSI, you have an interest in CSI, or you are already a CSI, or for the, just those listeners that love listening to this true crime stuff, you guys can email us at, Shelly? Voicesoutofdarkness at gmail.com. All right. And so send us your email so we can answer your questions Please from do. two real CSI officers that experience a lot of things out there and we can answer your question. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Same handle, Voices Out of Darkness. Yes, please do. Make comments, like us, follow us. Uh, I'm excited for mm-hmm. next week. So looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll see y'all. All right. See you later on Voices Out of Darkness.